0: Uh, if you are new to our family, uh, my name is Bryant. I had the privilege of being um, our lead pastor here. And I'm uh, super grateful today to be in part three of a series called Live Out Your Purpose. A sermon series called Live Out Your Purpose. Um, if you are new to our family, the mission statement we like to say, the vision statement of our house is that we exist as a spiritual family to see people, all people, exchange their old life for new life in Christ and then Live out their purpose. Okay, that all comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is our foundational passage. But over these few weeks together, as we kind of kick off fall, all right, don't feel like it outside, does it? Uh, As we kick off fall 2023 together, we're talking about what does it look like to live out your purpose? Why do we put that in our vision statement? Why we had that on the wall for 11 years? What does that really mean? Now, the reality is we live in a world that'll present a lot of different purposes that you can live for, okay? But we think that god's words really really clear to call us to some purposes that matter some purposes That last now before I tell you where we're headed today kind of what the big purpose is for today I want to take you back because some of you have not been here the last couple of weeks Some of you need to be reminded of some things that god's calling us to can I just say this if you're new to our family Our goal as we teach the word or as we preach the word on sundays is not just to make you smarter Okay? If that's what you're looking for, that's not us. Okay? We hope that you learned something. I hope that you taught something today through the Word, but that the Word always leads us to worship through our action. Right? It always leads us to a next step of obedience. And so this series is really all about living out our purpose and walking in obedience to what the Word calls us to. And so in week one, we said the first and primary purpose before any of the rest of this series mattered at all, your primary purpose is to know God and to live in relationship with Him. Okay? Not to pray a prayer, walk an aisle, and attend some church services, but to know God and to walk in a daily relationship with him. That's our goal as a church family. But then also out of that, we said, then you're called scripturally, biblically, to make your faith public through believer's baptism. And so, man, I'm super pumped that as we end this series in a couple of weeks, September 3rd, we're going to celebrate stories of life change Through Believers' Baptism. Like we've got people already ready to get in the pool that'll be right up here, and we're gonna tell stories of God changing lives. And then guess what? We've got folks ready for the next week after that, too. Okay, so don't miss two weeks in a row. And I'm just saying that maybe for some people who are listening to me today, maybe God's calling you to that next step of faith. See, we believe baptism is the it's the public symbol of your personal transformation, of what God's done in your life personally. And so maybe for you, maybe you've never taken the step of believer's baptism, that, man, I know God, I'm walking in a relationship with him, and I want to obediently, biblically live that out. If not, man, we'd love to add you to the list of people that God's going to walk through the waters in the month of September. And so if you're interested and you go, man, I've got questions, I'd love to know more, I'm thinking this, but I'm not sure, let us know. Okay. So you can use the connection card that's underneath your seat, or you can go through our website and just say, hey, I want to know more about baptism. got a chance to talk to two or three people this week. And maybe you're next in that line, all right? So that's part of living out our purpose. Also on week one, and I'm taking you back to week one. I promise we're going to get to week three in a second. But also on week one, we said part of your purpose is to belong in Christ's family. Not just to believe, that's good, but also to belong. That God wants you to be a part of like what we're doing today, a spiritual family. And so if you want to know more, maybe you're kind of new to our family and you want to know a little more beyond what like you can just see on a Sunday we would love for you to connect with us through an experience that we call Connect. So next Sunday, August 27th, immediately following the end of our 11 o'clock gathering, for about 45 minutes, we hang out, eat lunch together. You get to meet some of our staff. It's the easiest way to do that. Also, the easiest way to get connected. Like, don't just sit in a seat, but, like, get to know somebody. Um, For some of you, maybe you want to know more about membership. Next week, we'll tell you a little bit about that. We'll feed your kids, we'll feed you lunch, take care of your kids, all of that next Sunday. So next Sunday, August 27th, today is one of the last days to sign up for that though. So we need to know that you're coming ahead of time. So if you use our church center app or our website to say, hey, I would love to take a next step. I don't want to just sit, but I really want to get to know somebody and I want to begin to belong in what God's doing here. Okay. That was week one. And then last week, if you remember, we said the primary purpose that God talked about last week, God's purpose is for you to serve him. That saved people serve other people. And so this week, I'm going to build off of that in some ways. I'll tell you where we're headed in just a second. But if you have a copy of Scripture, let's go there. Psalm 71. So split that Bible in half. You should land somewhere in the neighborhood of Psalms. If you see Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, somewhere around there, you're in the neighborhood. And if you don't have a copy of Scripture, we'll put verses on the screen for you to follow along with uh, where we're going to be today in Psalm 71. Now, Psalm 71 is written by an aging Israelite. How good is that? Okay. Some people think it's David. A lot of people think it's David. Some people go, well, maybe it was Samuel or maybe it was even Jeremiah. But whoever it was, they were getting older. Okay, good news to start the day. How many of you know that we're all getting older? Anybody? Have you looked in the mirror recently to realize that? Okay, guess what? You are. Okay, think about this. Whether you're 20 or you're 80 today, you are actually older today than you've ever been. (laughs) I know. I know. Like, look at each other. Okay, but think about this. You're also younger than you'll ever be again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of y'all, you'll get it over lunch. It'll be good. Okay. We're all getting older. And the writer of Psalm 71 realizes that. And it causes him to begin to think about his relationship with God and also to begin to think about his purpose, okay, as we live out our purpose. So look with me, Psalm 71, let's pick up verse 5. Here's what Scripture says. It says, For you, you, God, have been my hope, sovereign Lord. You've been my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb, and I will ever praise you. Let's stop there. As this writer realizes that he's getting older, it causes him to reflect back on the beginning of his life. Sometimes we do that. He says, Lord, you've been my hope and you've been my confidence since my youth. He even says since birth, like since the moment I came out the womb, I was already relying on you. Did you know that God knew you before you knew you? Come on. Psalm 139 says that when you were just a a collaboration of some cells in your mother's womb, he was putting you together that he knew you before the world knew you, which meant that he had purposes for your life. And whether you realize it or not, God has been your hope and your confidence since the moment that he created you. Whether we've relied on him or not, He's been our hope and confidence. How many of you have ever said um, something like this? I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the grace of God. How I many y'all said that before? Okay, some of you have thought it if you hadn't said it out loud. Some of us know that to be really, really true because when we were younger or much younger. We did some dumb stuff, right? And we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the grace of God, okay? How many of you said, like, I ever did some dumb stuff? Anybody did some dumb stuff? Um, I think I've told you guys that I did some dumb stuff. Like, when I was in second grade, I thought it would be a really good idea to stand on the porch swing at my parents' house on their concrete back porch and hold my arms out like I was surfing, all right? Turns out it's not a good idea. Right? Turns out that porch swing will flip over backwards. You will land on the concrete on your arm and break your arm in two. That's what, that's what will happen if you're just curious if you ever do that. Okay? Better part of the story, so much better part of the story, my parents were dressed in 1950s clothes because they were getting ready to go to a 50s theme church party, so they had to take me to the emergency room dressed like they were getting ready to do the jitter bug or the boogie woogie bop all right they rolled up in there my dad had a white t-shirt on rolled up we've all done some some questionable things some not so smart things in our youth right and the psalmist realizes that he's like man i think back oh i did that thing in junior high and he says all my life i've depended on god even when i didn't even realize it he was my hope and he was there for me he was my confidence Then he goes on, the psalmist says in in verse 7 of Psalm 71, he says, I've become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. Verse 8, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. The writer says, I become a sign to many. Why do he say that? Well, it's because the writer had faced a whole lot of adversities and attacks against him. And as people looked at this writer's life, they were in awe of the fact that he still loved God, that he was still committed to God. After all that you faced, man, there's no way. But he says, no, God's still been my strong refuge. And my life is now a sign to others. For some of you today, as you think about your life, guess what? For some of you, your life has become a sign to many. Here's what I mean by that. Because if people who knew you when you were growing up, if people who knew you when you were in high school or when you were in college or when you first got married, and then they saw you today and they saw what God's done in your life, it's a sign to many. Maybe some of your Facebook followers who hopped in, you hadn't seen them in 25 years. Your life is a sign to many of the faithfulness of God. And the psalmist says when he realized that, you know what it caused him to do? You know what it caused him? It said his mouth was filled with praise as he thought about God's goodness. He couldn't stop thanking God, singing to God, and serving God with his life. And he skips down. I want us to skip down to verse 17. Psalm 71. He says, Since my youth, God, you have taught me And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Verse 18, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Now, what's he doing? Again, we skip down a few verses. He's still thinking about the beginning of his life. He's like, God, you've been there with me all of my life since the beginning Apparently, he had the, the good fortune of having people who had mentored his life, who'd poured into his life since the very beginning, to tell him about the hope and the good news of Jesus. And now as he grows older, what did he say? He says, I'm still declaring your marvelous deeds. And then in verse 18, the writer makes what I'm going to say is perhaps the most powerful statement in the whole chapter, all of Psalm 71. And we just read it, but I'm going I'm to read it again so that you catch it. He said, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, God, until, until I declare your power to the next generation. So I think this guy, whoever he was, maybe David, he looked in the mirror and he realized that his hair was beginning to change color. His body parts weren't all quite working like they used to. His vision wasn't 20-20 anymore. And in the words of the great theologian Toby Keith, he says, I'm not as young as I once was. And the writer realized he was getting older, but catch this, don't miss this. He had one request in that moment, that his 401k would have been larger. No. He had one request, that, that he had a better fishing boat. To, no. Uh, that he could travel the, no, that wasn't it. He had one request. Did you catch it? He says, God, don't take my life until I declare your goodness to the next generation, to those coming after me. Can I ask you maybe a little bit of a personal question today? How do you view the next generation? Like the infants through 18 to 20-year-olds of this current moment. And I realize we got some people in that generation who are sitting in the room today. How do, how do you view the next generation? Um, some people would call them Generation Z, or for those born 2012 or after, they're actually being called Generation Alpha. So like I seriously wonder, how do you view, when you think about the, the youth of today, what comes up in your heart and your mind? Can I ask you even more specifically, as a part of a faith family that we are, whether you're new to us or you've been with us for 10 years, how do you view the next generation of our, of our faith family? What do you think about? Is it, um, man, that's like the group of our faith family that they're kind of on the other side of the hall on Sunday, sometimes they get a little loud, or they're the, the people who meet on Wednesday nights, and I don't, I don't know a whole lot of them, and I don't really know much about them, but I'm glad they're there. Um, maybe you're the parent of a child or a teenager, and for you, like, you kind of bring them here to this building on Wednesdays or Sundays for like an hour of peace in your week. Hello. We all need that, right? Or maybe you're trying to raise the next generation at your house, a grandkid or a child of yours, and you go, man, I, sometimes I just don't know what to do with them, All right. And so I kind of bring them to church, and I'm hoping that maybe something y'all say will fix them, right, or kind of help out. How do you view the next generation? Can I can I show you how Jesus viewed the next generation? This is what happens in scripture in Matthew 19, and you can see it on the screen in just a moment. Jesus was teaching a crowd. You've probably heard the story. He was teaching a crowd when someone brought little children to Jesus and he asked them, they asked them to pray over the children. Now, here's the disciples in the background, right? Those who were following Jesus, the disciples, they got frustrated. They got really agitated. They're like, man, Jesus is trying to preach over here. He got people who were listening. But this was Jesus' response. Matthew 19, verse 14. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't slow them down. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. As I read that. Jesus wasn't annoyed. He wasn't frustrated by the children. But instead, he actually he said, no, stop everything. And he invited them to come to him. One chapter earlier, Jesus is teaching his disciples when they ask this question. Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Doesn't that sound like a bunch of men? Who's the, who's the best, Jesus? Come on, like, who, who goes first? Who's the fastest? Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus like, seriously, who's the, who do you look on the best? And here's how Jesus answered that question. Matthew 18, verse 2. Jesus called a little child over to him. And he placed the child among the group of disciples. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position, the humility of this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus answers the disciples' questions about who's the best, who's the best, who's the greatest by pointing to the faith of a child. And then he says, whoever welcomes a child welcomes me. In other words, whoever welcomes, values, and invests in a child, they honor, they glorify, and they serve me. So I'm not sure how you view the next generation. I asked you that question a second ago. I'm not sure how you view the next generation, what you think about. But as I read Jesus' words, which is what we look at as a faith family, Jesus said they're a big, big deal. So here's our purpose statement for today. You ready? God's purpose is for you to leverage your life for the next generation. God's purpose for you and for me is for us to leverage our life for the next generation. The next generation, or we could say the children, the youth of today, Church family, they face more challenges perhaps than any generation in the history of the world. Let me give you just some facts. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for U.S. children ages 10 to 14. 90% of children between the ages of 8 and 16, 90% have seen online pornography. 65% 65% of 8 to 14 year olds have been involved in some kind of cyberbullying incident. 20% of adolescents can experience a mental health problem in any given year. 50% of mental health problems are established by age 14. According to a study done on children's self-esteem, 80% of children entering the first grade scored high on this inventory. 80% of first graders. By fifth grade, only 20% of the children were scoring high. And by the, by the time they graduated from high school, that number was down to 5%. And I could just keep going. The numbers, the challenges, the obstacles get bigger and bigger. Can I just say today that the next generation is under an attack and many of them have no idea the battle that they're facing. But can I tell us today, can I charge us today that as Christ followers, as Christ church, God has called us to leverage our lives for the next generation. As Christ followers, we have the hope We have the truth. We have the love that they're looking for, whether they realize it or not. It's not going to be found in TikTok. It's not going to be found in their friend circle or their extracurricular activities. I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm telling you the eternal hope that they're looking for is what God's given to his church. Our call as Christ followers isn't to write off the next generation, it's not to devalue the next generation. It's not to discount them, but our call is this, to take responsibility, to take responsibility. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't don't push them away. No, it's not I'm too busy for them, but let them come to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And in the same way God is calling us as Christ followers and as Christ church to leverage our lives for the next generation. So who, who does that apply to? Let's talk about who that applies to. If you are the parent or the grandparent of a preschooler, or an elementary child, or a junior high or high school student, guess what? It applies to you. You, you are the primary disciple maker in your kids' lives. Oh, it applies to you. And if you had kids, but they're out of the house, or if you've never had kids before, guess what? It applies to you. What do you mean? Well, I'm saying you're part of a family. You're part of a faith family. And in a healthy family, everyone belongs, everyone matters, and everyone takes responsibility. God's calling on us is to leverage our lives for the next generation. So can I, can I just talk about some people who are living this out? For many people in our spiritual family, many people, you've said yes to leveraging your life for the next generation with your career, like with your vocation. As I thought about like faces and names in our spiritual family, there are many, many people in our spiritual family who have said yes to taking on the role of a teacher, or an administrator, or a school employee who are serving the next generation on the front lines, come on, in classrooms and in schools. And can I just say, if that's you, listen to me, you have a tall, tall, difficult task. And as the exchange, we see you, and we support you, and we, we're here for you. Think about multiple men in our faith family who've said yes to leveraging their life inside of locker rooms as football coaches or basketball coaches. And listen to me, if that's you, listen, you're not just coaching a game, but you're mentoring the next generation for what matters. I think about people in our faith family who are children's counselors or daycare workers or people who weekly, medically minister To the next generation. God's using you. It's not just a job that you go to. You have daily impact on the next generation. Listen to me. There's a lot of people in our faith family, and and man, we're so grateful for you because you've said yes to living out your life and, and leveraging your career to impact the next generation, and it matters. Man, it matters. Can I also say that there's a lot of people who've said yes to leveraging their life for the next generation within our faith family. Like there are tons and tons of people who serve in what we call our our little life and our kid life and our student life ministries to impact preschoolers and elementary students and junior high and high school students. Like it's happening like right now. There are people who like woke up this morning and they said, you know what, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to leverage my life for the next generation. Now think about people like some people you don't even know, people like Shannon. Shannon's a single mom. Shannon's a restaurant manager. And there are many Saturday nights where Shannon shuts down and closes down her restaurant after midnight. So she sleeps late on Sundays. Nope. So she gets up, and she shows up here to leverage her life for a kid life small group for the next generation with her seventh-grade daughter named Halix. I think about people in our faith family, like Ed and Elizabeth and Jennifer and Linda, who are all grandparents, who, like, they've raised their kids, and now there's grandkids, and they're all out of the house, so they're kicked back on the yacht. No. But they show up faithfully to leverage their life into the next generation of our faith family. Man, I'm grateful for them. I think about um, people like Crystal. Maybe you don't know Crystal. Uh, Crystal's going to be a new mom. Like she's great with child. So you know what she does? So she shows up weekly to invest in junior high and high school girls in our student life ministry while she's waiting to be a new mom of her own. I think about people like Sean who works in the construction field all week, long, hot, tired, long hours. So you know what he does? He says yes right now. Right now he's saying yes to leverage his life for our access room where we have kids with different learning styles. Or I think about a mom named Rebecca. Rebecca's a foster mom, so she's fostering kids, but she shows up weekly to leverage her life for our preschoolers and our little life ministry. Oh, did I mention that her husband is deployed overseas? And man, I'm super grateful. People like them, dozens more, who say yes, and so I just say to you, can I just like take a moment in the middle of this message, and can I just look at you, whether like, thank you. For those who leverage their life for the next generation of our faith family man thank you in fact can I do something this may make somebody uncomfortable but I don't really care because honors do or honors do if you serve in our little life our kid life our student life ministries if you if you serve there would you stand to your feet so your faith family can tell you thank you would you and I know it may embarrass you I'm not going to make you say anything would you stand up so we can tell you thank you church family would you help me tell them thank you I read a quote this week, and I know you don't read a whole lot of church ministry quotes, but here's what the quote said. The health of an entire church is linked to the health of those who serve with kids and teenagers. Wow. It's not not how good the music is. It's not what it said. It's not how solid the preaching is. Hmm. I think it matters. But it says it's linked to the health of those who say yes to leverage their life for the next generation. And so guess what? Man, there's a lot of people in our faith family who've said yes to serving in our next-gen ministries. But can I tell you what I've been praying for weeks and months leading into this message? I, I realize it's a little different today. Right? If you're new to our family, it's not like this every week. But we're serious about living out a purpose. Man, I'm praying that there would be many more. Crystals and Ed and Elizabeths and Sean's who would say yes to leveraging their lives for the next generation. Here's a little behind the scenes, you ready? Uh, On any given week, we have close to 150 preschoolers, kid life, elementary kids, and junior high and high school students who walk into this building on a Sunday or Wednesday. Close to 150. And every week we have the chance to impact them for something that really matters. And in our lobby today on our Live Out Your Purpose site, maybe you heard about this last week or you went there, there are actually 47 47 different roles that need to be filled for us as a faith family to sufficiently serve the next generation. And I realize maybe there was somebody in your kid's room when you dropped them off today or there'll be people here on Wednesday night, but there's 47 different roles still left to be filled. And my prayer and my thought is that there, there are many of you that, you're one of the ones that God wants to impact and to feel those roles to leverage your life to the next generation. And listen, 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 listen. I know you don't have time. Man, are we busy, right? I know I, nobody has time. So I'm not asking, do you have time? But I'm, I'm just saying that I feel impressed by God that like he's calling us to make time. For some of you, that may mean, guess what? For some of you, that may mean stepping in to serve for the first time ever in our faith family. And if you were here last week, you heard me say, you don't have to be a covenant member to serve. You just got to love Jesus and be obedient. For some of you, listen, for some of you, that may mean that you're in our faith family. Maybe you serve on a team that's like every few weeks or whatever. And God's asking you to add one hour to your week or to your every other week where you leverage your life to serve on an additional team to impact the next generation. Well, I, well, because it matters a whole lot. Jesus said, whoever welcomes one child in my name, what do they do? They just do a good thing? No, he said they welcome me. I wonder this. I'm going to ask everybody to participate in this. How many of you, now just, just raise your hand, that's it. How many of you came to faith in Jesus, like you came to know Jesus in your life, and you point to a moment when that happened or a season when that happened, and it was, you were 18 or you were younger. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If you were 18 or younger. Leave your hand up. Leave your hand up. Just look around the room. I would just say, that window matters. A lot. i tell you what happens here. Um, again, if you're new, we don't talk like this every week, but... We are honest. Every week, even today, and maybe I haven't met you, but every week we'll have a mom who'll show up with her kids, and uh, dad's not with them because he just decided it wasn't that important, or maybe he's not in the picture. And she shows up every week with her kids to our Next Gen Ministries, and she drops off her kids. And you know what her greatest prayer is? As she rolls in, coming in late on a Sunday, morning, you know what her greatest prayer is? That somebody would impact and be a spiritual mentor to her kids. You know why? Because she had it when she was growing up. And she's like, man, maybe that exchange place, Maybe they'll impact my kids. Every week, we have mom, mom, dad, who drop off their kids. And it's been a crazy week. And they're kind of at their wits end. Because we all get there as parents on what to do next. How to say truth. Because the kids don't listen to them anymore. But you know what they need? They need that other voice. Because then they'll listen. Your kids are like that. Mine are too. And they're praying that something that is said will stick. And every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night, there's parents who swing by right out there and they drop off their kids at Student Life for an hour and a half of peace in their week. And listen, the student doesn't want to come, but mom and dad made them. They don't have a great attitude, but they walk into this room and they walk into this building and there are people on the front lines, people like Crystal that I mentioned a while ago and many more, who they they have, they have one moment to share something. And that mom and dad are praying, man, I hope it sticks. I just hope something matters. Every week, situations happen like that. Can I tell you some, good, some really good news? For 11 years now, guess what? Listen, 11 years, people just like you, many of you, have been the answer to those prayers. It's amazing. And for years now, God has used the next-gen ministries of our house to, listen, literally change the trajectory of an entire life. You feel that? Some of you know that. You know why you know that? Because it was your life or your child's life that was impacted. And guess what? My house too. Can I give you 60 seconds on my house as I thought about you this week and I thought about my kids I thought about my 10-year-old son, Braylon, who was born four months after the exchange launched. We launched the church in August, and we launched Braylon in December. All he's ever known is this faith family. And there are some of you who sat in little life rooms and rocked him and changed his dirty honey. And people who taught him Bible stories to hopefully add on to what mom and dad were trying to do at home. And you led songs and did silly dances with him and did messy crafts. And then you went into Kid Life ministry where you poured into him and you served at places like Camp Kid Life and you taught him the books of the Bible. And that's why I had the privilege to stand up here a few years ago and watch him go from just physical birth in our family to spiritual birth. And now I get the chance to raise a young man to know and follow Jesus. Because you are the other voice. I just say thank you. Thank you. Can I tell you about my other kid? My daughter Kate. She's 20. We adopted her six years ago. And um, she showed up here as a junior high student. Actually going into high school. She's wild. She's crazy. She does love Jesus. And you know what she wanted? More than anything in the whole world. She wanted a family where she could belong. Guess what Student Life Door Holders did? Loved that girl. Poured into her, listened to her craziness, prayed for her. They were the other voice. To the point that when she finished high school, you know what she started doing? She was like, man, I want to serve. You know what she did this summer? She worked for three months this summer at a camp, cabin full of Elementary-age girls, and every week she was having face-to-face gospel conversations, and she saw little girls come to know Jesus this summer. You know how that happened? Because some of you said yes. And I'm just saying on behalf of my wife and I, thank you. Thank you. And guess what? If you've got kids or you got grandkids or you just know kids, man, they need a voice, too. And we have the chance to be that. What did the psalmist say? Since my youth, Psalm 71, since my youth, God, you've taught me. And to this day, guess what? I'll keep doing it. I'll keep declaring your marvelous deeds. And even when I'm old and gray, God, don't don't forsake me. Don't give up on me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. What's part of God's purpose? Well, part of his purpose is that you and I would leverage our lives. Easy, inconvenient, comfortable, not comfortable. We would leverage our lives for the next generation. And I don't want you just to hear from me or to hear my story, but I want you to hear from some voices, some faces in our house who have said yes. And they're trying to live out their call and their purpose to leverage their life for the next generation. You guys take a look at the screen for just a moment.
1: My name is Melanie Barton and I serve with Student Life with Pastor Matthew. I find value in my role that I'm able to connect with the younger generation, impact them with the smallest of things that I can offer to encourage their hearts. It's a hard journey when you're a teenager, but this particular group of believers, the gathering and the activities they provide for the youth is a great foundation for them to be themselves and also to be taught by older believers and younger people that are going through the same things that they are. So it's just a beautiful experience to be with them, watching them grow and just seeing those
2: aha moments. Hey, we're the Shackley's and we serve as part of the Kid Life team. I know that Jesus not only said to believe, but he also said to do. I've learned so much for, from, from kids and from, from youth. I, I, I've learned so many lessons that I never would've learned if I hadn't, wasn't able to teach with them. And just experience life with them. I think what sparks joy for me in serving in kid life is just the connections that I make with the girls in my small group. When you're teaching them a truth from the Bible, you can just see it in their eyes when they're hungry, when they're just drinking it in. You, you can read those eyes, and you know that they're thinking about Jesus, and they're they're comprehending what you're saying. When I first- this girl came up to me and gave me a hug and said she'd see me next week that meant a lot to me because sometimes I feel like I don't make that much of a difference because I'm so shy and I don't talk that much. The importance I think of serving as a family is a great way to teach your kids um, the way to be obedient unto the Lord. If you're a parent you know can't always just say hey do this and they learn they imitate what you do and so it's a good model and a good imitation for them to follow my name is Stephanie Fields Um, I'm part of the Little Light team I'm with the movers sometimes and the learners and I really enjoy it my greatest joy is to see those babies faces light up when they come in the room I really really love Being able to love on the children and teach the children about Jesus, even though their little minds are only like two and three-year-olds, they still can comprehend everything that you are telling them and saying the Bible verses and singing the songs. To know that they're going to learn that in there at that age, it just brightens your whole week.
1: We have been given a great opportunity with our life, which is a function of continual existence from day to day. Within that comes a responsibility. I am not to have all these things in my life without being able to share the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God with someone else.
2: We have the greatest news that ever was that's life-changing, and to share that with somebody gives them the opportunity to choose everlasting life. Whatever it is, just be there, show up, and I think that breathes life into them and helps them to be seen and loved and known.
0: God's purpose for you and for me is for us to leverage our life, whatever time we have left, no matter how old we may be, For the next generation you know i thought about what you might think as you heard this today and um maybe you're thinking this i don't really know what i have to offer or maybe you're thinking you know what i don't i don't have kids or my time with the kids like that was was a long time ago they're all moved out we've moved on or i don't have the energy i used to or i don't know what to say to the next generation can i just say to you today guess what (laughs) i got good news You don't have to have kids or teenagers. You don't have to know all the language of the next generation. You don't even have to have an abundance of time or energy. But you know what you do have? All of us, if you're in Christ, you have this. You know what you do have? You have a story. And you have life that you've lived. I read a quote this week that may this encourage all of us. It said, Christians do not reach an age of discharge from the mission, a threshold of years beyond which they can rest from kingdom labors. No believers have the privilege and responsibility to tell the succeeding generations about the goodness and the greatness of God. Stories of God's faithfulness inspire the young to trust God, to live boldly, refusing to waste any days of their life, You see, as the Exchange Church, we don't just do babysitting. We don't just take care of children for a little while. But our goal is to inspire the next generation to love Jesus and to follow him with their life. But can I tell you something? For us to make the impact that God wants us to make on the next generation, it takes a whole family participating. And so I think God's inviting all of us today to live out our purpose. By doing what? By leveraging our life for the next generation.
3: Thanks for joining us online today. As we gather, we sing songs of worship, we center ourselves on the truth of God's word, we encourage one another through community, and we do it all so that we might be changed to live more like Jesus. Through our time today, we pray God showed you what it means for you to follow Jesus with your life and to live as the church in the world. We are available and ready to pray for you and encourage you as you discover and grow in your faith. To speak with one of our ministry team members or to have someone pray for you, you can text your first name to 601 or message us through any of our social media channels. Our ministry team would love to pray for you and help you in any way. You can also find reading plans and other resources to help you take next steps in your faith on our website. That's www.theexchange.cc. As we close out our time today and prepare to scatter as the church, let's speak out loud our declaration together. We believe the great exchange took place when Jesus who had no sin became sin for us so we could know God. We exist to see people exchange their old life for new life in Christ and live out their purpose. Christ's love compels us to exchange ideas for truth. God's word is our standard. Selfishness for serving, we will serve others. Pleasing for reaching, we will share our faith. Keeping for dispersing, we will make disciples for getting, for celebrating, we will praise God. We are the church.